It's a beautiful, beautiful Sabbath to be celebrating communion together. And as we remember the sacrifice that Jesus gave, I want to share a story about a guy named Richie Fernando. Richie Fernando was a long way from home. He was a Filipino missionary in Buddhist Cambodia. He was full of promise. He was educated, loved life. He was living in a camp of refugees who had been maimed by bullets and landmines. In Cambodia, they had a genocidal rule, and there was calamity that took place. And so the refugees, these handicapped people, is who he worked with. They were scarred by hunger and disease, and they fought for hope. And living in this land where life was hard and difficult was Richie Fernando, who loved life even though death was nearby. It was May 1995. Richie was fresh out of college. He had finished his studies, and he was working in a place called Bantanay Priab. It's a technology school for the handicapped not far from Phnom Penh in Cambodia. It was a place where the handicapped gathered strength and hope from being with one another. It was a place where they learned a new skill to provide them with some sort of dignity and worth. They were disabled by landmines, by polio, by accidents. And these poor handicapped people learned to provide for themselves and provide a living. Literally, Bantane Priab means the center of the dove. So it was a place of healing. And Richie arrived and was devoted to the students. The students started to love him because he cared for them. He loved them and he, he watched over them. He quickly won their trust. He listened to their stories of survival through genocide. He learned their Khmer language, appreciated their customs participated in some of their religious practices. But he really connected with them as they shared their stories of survival. And as he understood what they had gone through, how some of these handicapped were missing arms or legs because of the, the landmines, nine million landmines that were still in their country. One of these survivors, his name was Saram. He was already an orphan. At age 16, Saram joined the army, became a soldier. But two years later, he was maimed by a landmine. So he ended up at the technical college. He finished his courses, was ready to leave, but he wanted to stay on. He wanted to help. He wanted to stay on. He wanted to, to enjoy the camaraderie that was there. But as some things happened that the administration at the, at the technical school didn't feel like Saram's attitude was where it needed to be. He was a bit disruptive at times, and so they, they asked him to leave. Now, Richie mentioned Saram in a letter to his friends back in the Philippines. He said Saram was a bit tricky at times, but he still had a place in Richie's heart. Well, it was October 17, 1996. Saram was at a school meeting with administrators. Richie was there as well. And, near, and this school meeting was to deal with Saram's future, his future time there at 
Bantanay Priyib. They asked him to leave, and Saram was angered by this news, and he reached into the bag that he was carrying, and he pulled out a hand grenade, pulled the pin on the hand grenade and held it in his hands, started moving down the corridor towards where the students were in their classroom. The, bar, the classroom's windows had bars on the windows so the students could not escape, and he was going to cause harm to some of his classmates even. Richie jumps up from that meeting, runs down the corridor, grabs Saram by the back and the arms, and he says, don't do this. And Saram says, let me go, teacher. I don't want to kill you. In the struggle of trying to bring Saram back and away from the students, the hand grenade falls. Actually somehow rolls behind Richie and Saram, and in a flash, in an instant, Richie was dead. Still holding on to his student, keeping him protected from the blast of the hand grenade. Four days before Richie died, he wrote a letter to one of his friends in the Philippines. His friend's name was Tautet. And this is what he said. He said, I know where my heart is. It is with Jesus Christ who gave his all for the poor, the sick, the orphan. I am confident that God never forgets his people, our disabled brothers and sisters. And I am glad that God has been using me to make sure that our brothers and sisters know this fact. I am convinced that this is my vocation. Richie gave his life for these students. Back in the Philippines, transported his body back to the Philippines. And they, his friends and his family were shocked as they mourned the loss of their brother, their son, their companion. Back in Cambodia, they held funeral services as well and memorial services as they were shocked as losing their teacher and their friend. In his jail cell, Saram was a bit shocked at the violence that he had caused. He didn't want to kill Richie. He said, Richie, he was my friend. He ate rice with me. I didn't want to kill him. But someone had to stop the violence that was happening in Cambodia and to heal the wounds that had taken place at the technical school. And so six months later, in March of 1997, Richie's parents, back from from the Philippines, wrote a letter to the Cambodian king asking for Saram's pardon. The power of forgiveness. Someone had to stop the violence. It's interesting because it's almost like Richie knew that he was going to give his life. Somehow he just knew that he was going to die sometime soon. And in his journal, in his diary, a few days actually before his death, this is what he wrote. He says, I wish when I die, people remember not how great, how powerful, or talented I was, but that I served and spoke for the truth, that I gave witness to what is right, that I was sincere in all my works and actions. In other words, I loved and I followed Christ. what his desire was. 
In other words, I loved and I followed Christ. The selfless act of Richie Fernando saved his students' lives. Today, we get to remember a selfless act that Jesus performed that saves hundreds of thousands of lives of believers throughout history. He challenges us. Jesus also challenges us to live a selfless life as well. John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. And Jesus is not saying love one another, just send them a Valentine's card. That's not love. He doesn't say just say it in words, oh, I love you. But what he's talking about is showing that love, kindness, actions of love, humility, humbling yourself, taking the high road, saying, you know what? You did hurt me, but I'm going to forgive you because that's what Jesus would do for me. Jesus commands us, he asks us, he invites us to live that selfless life as well and to serve one another. You know when Jesus said this? It's John chapter 13. In John chapter 13 is where Jesus actually washes the feet of his disciples. Their master, their king, their rabbi, their, the one that they're following stoops down to touch the dirty, sandaled feet. The ones that had been walking, walking in the dusty, dirty roads, walking where animals had walked, through the mud and through the muck and through the, through the dirt. And he scrubs their feet as a servant should have. Jesus showed them that example. He says, as I have loved you, love one another. That's the purpose of today, right? That's what we're doing here today. We're, we're, we're expressing service through that example. We're following that example of Jesus, living a selfless life as Jesus would ask us to and would want us to do. Just like Richie, we too can love and follow Christ. Jesus encourages us to follow him, to follow his example, again, from John 13, 15. As soon, as soon as he's washed his, their feet, he says this, I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. And the really neat thing is that when we follow the example of Jesus, we become a part of that family of Jesus. We become a part of that experience of Jesus. And we have that opportunity to follow his example. In our church, we celebrate open communion. Everyone is invited to participate. And so in just a moment, we're going to separate as we wash one another's feet. I encourage you, if you'd like to join us, please do. If you just want to observe, that's okay. Some, some may feel a little uncomfortable. That's all right too. But think about the, the blessing that you actually get as you follow that example of Jesus, as we love and follow Jesus. And so at this time, we're going to separate. We're going to break for our foot washing service. The ladies will be in the cradle room, which is to your right over here. The men will be directly behind me in the back hall room, 
the families will be over on this side of the church in the overflow room here, the junior room, and the kindergarten room. And students, you are invited to participate as well. We'd love for you to join us. Please go to your respective areas and the, the, um, the men and the ladies, men and the ladies, and let us break for this service of foot washing and let us come back to, for the remainder of the service. Our children, kids, in the primary room for our program as well. Let's separate now.